Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about the sorts of returns you can expect to get from property. So in the past couple of episodes, we've talked about uh, the fact that there's a retirement gap in New Zealand and much of the Western and Eastern world where there's a difference between what people want to retire on and uh, what they're actually going to have for retirement and that we believe that property can be a solution to this. So we want to talk about, well, what sort of returns can you actually get from property? And I suppose we should actually start by talking about what are the returns you can get from different types of investments. So typically, um, let's start by talking about cash, which is when you take your money, you invest it in a bank and you get some sort of interest rate. Now, usually we usually say that, look, cash will return you from a term deposit about 3% a year. Right now, if you look out at the banks in the market, it's much lower than that because interest rates are so low. Uh, so it's actually lower than that 3%. Probably like 1.5 at the moment, and you're going to be taxed on that, of course. So let's say you net 1%, so it's not a huge return. Well, and the other uh, issue you've got, I know inflation's really low, but say that you're, you're earning 1.52% from a bank, but prices are going up at 1% anyway, so your net return, the difference between what your money can actually buy as things tend to get more expensive is like 1%, and then you're taxed on the whole 2%. And I also think that with uh, um, ANZ today have said that they predict the official cash rate to get as low as 0.25%, we may end up in a position where we have negative interest rates in New Zealand. And so that means it will actually cost you to mon have money in the bank, which is pretty scary. That is some scary stuff. So cash, probably we're probably agreeing this is not a great investment at the moment. Um, what else could you put your money into? Uh, something like a managed fund. That's when we, we all pull our money together and then we have a fund manager who goes and invests that on our behalf, whether that's uh, in, in shares or property or whatever sort of investment or whatever sort of mix of investments they feel is appropriate. Andrew, what sort of return might we get from that? We normally say 5% on a, on a long-term basis if you've got a good fund manager. That's, I think, pretty fair. Yeah, okay. And then in terms of, let's, let's talk about property now, which is, is, is our favourite. Now, it's interesting because property's returns kind of twofold. On, on one side, you get increases in the actual value of the property. So if you bought a property for $500,000, we'd expect that to go up in value roughly on average over the long term, 5% per year. Now, that's going to be a bit spiky. It's not always going to be exactly 5%, but that's what we'd expect. Uh, and then I guess on top of that, you'd also see uh, the return from renting out that property. So if you were to buy a property, it's going up in price, but then you're also getting money from the tenant. And that might be somewhere between 4, 5, 6, up to 8% per year. I've seen gross yields of that. Of course, you then have expenses, but you know we, we do see those sort of yields. Yeah, and if, I mean, if you're, if you're retired already and you're buying something like a, a high-yielding apartment, say in Wellington, where the rents are really high, um, you can expect, I guess, some capital growth on that on that property. But you've also got rent, which is inflation-adjusted. So the great thing is, next year, you're not getting a lesser amount than what your money can buy. So you, your money's still got the same purchasing power. Yeah, and I guess the other investment that somebody could potentially look at is shares. So we usually say that, um, you know, shares is actually somewhat similar to property in that you do get the capital gain of the shares. You go out and buy some Microsoft shares, they might go, oh, they likely will go up in value over time, uh, possibly more at 10% in that case. But then you also, in some cases, get dividends. Now, in that case, you're actually 
um, uh, you'll only get dividends if, if the, the directors of that company decide to make disbursements in that year. But you, there is that same dynamic of getting some cash out and getting the capital growth. But I know that there's another reason that you're itching to talk about why we believe that property is, is so good and can supercharge your returns. And I've been told that I'm on a short leash here, so I'm not going to go into too much detail because we've got another to- uh, podcast which is going to cover the topic of leverage. But I think the thing to remember with, with property, which makes it a standout against the other assets, is that you can use other people's money. And uh, I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. This was the first in- investment book that I ever read and understanding the power of using other people's money. So um, let's just take an example of someone putting $100,000 into each of those different categories. So, so you put your money in the bank, let's say you get a 1% return, then you're only going to make a $1,000 out of that $100,000 at the end of the year. Uh, if you put it into the managed funds and you get 5%, that's 5000 If you put it into shares, and generally speaking, we say 10%, so $10,000, so you get a really high output compared to the other assets. How then, with property, getting a 5% return, do you get more output? And so the secret is, then you use the bank to supercharge your investment. So you take that $100,000, and that becomes your deposit. And we'll assume that then you go and borrow 80% from the bank, and, and again, if you want to know more about that, keep listening to our podcast. So you borrow 80% from the bank. Now you've got a $500,000 investment because you've put in 100000 and the bank's put in 400000 now the great thing here, and the big secret is, that you keep all of the profits on all of that money. So if you get a 5% return on that asset worth $500,000, you've made $25,000 at the end of the year. And that $25,000 is essentially just on your 100000 So you've made a 25% return on your investment, which is huge. You're never going to get that on shares year on year, um, and <laughs> unless you've got the secret the secret source that um, Ed might be able to tell you buying in Microsoft, but you're going to get a really stable investment and go at getting a really, really good outcome, but you've used someone else's money to do it. And re- essentially, you know, I think if leverage didn't exist, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about property because this is really what we mean, where you can use a little bit of your wealth, a deposit, or your, your own home to, to create that deposit to then buy a much more valuable investment and get all of the returns of that. I think it's a, it's a really kind of um, wonderful idea. We always hear of using somebody else's money to make money yourself. This is probably the most accessible way for people to actually do this. And we'll talk more about leverage, uh, some of the risks, some of the benefits uh, in the future. But until then, you know how much I love this outro. So good. Thank you for listening to the Property Academy podcast. We're going to be back again tomorrow with more insights and strategies about how to make the most uh, in property. 